You're listening to Seven Figure Fitness Business. Today, we're going to be discussing how to create a winning environment and also how to get yourself out of a challenging environment that can somehow, I guess, strangle your success. Now, we wanted to start off with a couple of stories. I guess my situation growing up is that I was brought up in a very loving household. And when I sort of hit high school, my grades started to tank because I was sort of hanging around people, myself included. We were all kind of doing the same thing where we started to sort of almost (laughs) motivate to be unmotivated. And uh, basically, I ended up going to uni, sort of gliding through uni. Then in my mid-20s, I'm sort of out partying on weekends, drinking too much alcohol, occasionally getting into the party drugs and all that sort of stuff. And I sort of found myself feeling rather unmotivated. The problem was it wasn't necessarily anybody's fault except my own. I wasn't surrounding myself with people that would inspire me. And I didn't have anybody who was really where I wanted to get to that could help me get out of that funk. And in my case, it wasn't until basically UG um, reached out to me at about the age of 30 for me and said, look, dude, let's create this online business. And after that, everything changed. I started hanging out with some incredible people who are winners in everything that they do, came across Iggy and a number of other exceptional business people like Charlie Valor, our original mentor. And since then, it has been phenomenal. But I will say this, if anybody's listening to this that finds themselves feeling stuck, it's incredibly hard to be the person to get yourself out sometimes if you don't have someone who can be that sort of guiding light. And for me, it was really important to start that with UG. And so I'm really appreciative of that. Iggy, I guess your story's quite different from that again, isn't it? Yeah, for me, my earliest like memories came in a village in Nigeria where there was just like, talk about like not having anything. When I said like we didn't have anything, I mean like nothing. Like I'm talking about like wiping my butt with leaves <laughs> when I was using the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> We've got layers to think about now, but I think it doesn't really matter where you start. I have like this really typical background where a lot of people can relate to where I didn't grow up with a father figure is my mom by herself raising four boys, right? So I was in an environment where there's a lot of toxic things happening. Either my friends were getting into drugs or joining gangs or they were just making a fool of themselves, partying all the time. So I got into that kind of lifestyle And I was surrounded by people who just didn't know better, right? They weren't doing anything with themselves and didn't have any examples of people who were actually winning. I mean, obviously, your family now has come a long way because from everything I know, you and your brothers are particularly successful now all in your own right. And, you know, to come from where you came from, like, obviously, that's an incredible achievement. Yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate enough that my brothers, I saw two brothers who've played professional football. One of them is playing in the NFL right now. My older brother is a former NFL player. All of my brothers were fortunate enough to get athletic scholarship offers, full rides for all the different sports that we played. When you have something like that, and I kind of look back at some of the guiding principles that we learned from our mentors growing up, there's some things that were that went into allowing us to be able to be successful in the different things that we did, despite the fact that we're around toxic people nonstop. And those are going to be some of the things that I want to dive into for essentially the meat of this podcast. Well, I guess, yeah, I suppose like it's really interesting to sort of deconstruct and to see how, you know, a family that came from nothing, basically, like you described, like how you and your brothers all kind of got to the point where you achieved major success. And, you know, like what were the steps to actually do that? So, I mean, like, you know, I know you're a systems guy. So what's your process for sort of breaking that down to do it successfully? 
I think the first thing was like mindset, right? So developing a real kind of like champion mentality. Um, there's a quote that one of my mentors used to share with us. And it goes like, to be a great champion, compete with the best. But to be the greatest champion, you got to compete with yourself, right? So it's like the idea of one of our mentors, like if you want to be the best athlete you can possibly be, you need to stop looking to compete with other people who are in a similar position as you. You need to stop competing with others who are playing for different schools. And you really got to get good at like really competing with yourself and looking at how you're performing and fighting to beat yourself every single time. And there's some frameworks that he gave us that I still use to this very day. So, I mean, um, the important question then, I mean, like, obviously you want to build a winning mindset. So if you don't have one or you suspect you don't have one, like, where do you start to go get one? Start with listening to this. <laughs> All the way through to the very end, because there's going to be some simple frameworks that you can apply to starting to develop the winning mindset. But the most important thing is that you got to start competing with yourself. Right. And don't compare yourself to other people. Right. If you look at other people's progress and you start making comparisons and getting discouraged by the fact that you appear to be progressing slower, that's a very arrogant place to come from. And I remember I was comparing myself to my older brother. And my coach like went in on me when I was doing this. He was like, I was like, man, my brother at this point, he was already doing all these different things. He's already accomplished all these different things. And he was like, man, like that's really, really arrogant of you because you don't know the kind of work he was putting in behind the scenes that created the success that you're seeing right now. And the fact that you're comparing yourself to a finished product, you're setting yourself up for failure. And so that's going to be one of the first things, like don't compare yourself to other people start looking at how you can improve yourself. So that's number one, right? And everybody can start doing that, looking to improve on who they are and looking to improve the person that they see in the mirror. You don't really read, but despite that, you've had an incredible mindset for at least the last 10 years now. I mean, how did you go about developing yours? You know, I'm fortunate that I was brought up in a family where I was given a lot of opportunity. There was always a lot of money. And I think my dad was a, role, you know, a big role model to me, just watching him work, very successful, and he always put in the hours. And I actually think that whilst he was extremely successful, that can sometimes go the other way, where you end up with kids who are completely demotivated, they're little shits, and they do nothing, pretty much. Yes, um, yes. I found myself in a situation where I think my sisters were given a lot more than I was, but I don't think I was given things the same way that they were. I learned work ethic from a very young age. And I think because of that, you know, I was always brought up in a family where I was told I could do anything and I could achieve whatever I wanted. And I think that that's kind of gone through. And I think one of the things that, again, I'm really fortunate to have is just no fear of failure. I know that's something that a lot of people kind of go through, but I just feel like there's nothing that I'd ever try that is a failure. I don't feel like failure is failure. And that's a big thing. And I think like when it comes to mindset, don't get me wrong, I've gone through my dips, peaks and troughs, like we've been mates for a really long time, got into exactly the same things, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think it's just like, for me, I think the mindset comes down to waking up, winning, winning every day, getting to the final outcome. And the way that I really view business that keeps things for me, I feel really healthy. It's like you show up to work every day, you show up with your business and it is just being more successful. It's about getting to the point at the end and trying to be the best version of yourself every single day. I think you bring up a really good point. Sometimes there are a lot of stories of wealthy parents, like it literally stops with that generation because the next generation becomes entitled spoiled brats. And I think it's so important that people who are given a lot understand the value of 
of hard work. I constantly see with both of you guys, and I definitely think it's something I've created a lot myself, but it's about that ability to just put your head down and get something done. And I think there's so many people these days that have kind of lost that and they have sort of a massive need to develop it, whether it means getting around somebody who can help them, whether it means sort of changing their own mindset. It's all incredibly important. So Iggy, what's the next step after mindset? What goes into into developing that mindset is having the right motivators, right? So I remember my mentor used to say, like, you got to have competition. If you're focusing on beating the person in the mirror, who's your competition, right? There's no such thing as real competition. You're competing with yourself. So that's like the first thing. And then the next thing that he taught us to do was to have a rival, somebody that you really wanted to be. And so the way that he teaches to do this was you have to have like an imaginary rival, right? So as an athlete, my rival was somebody that I created, a fictional person that I'd never met, but he lived on the other side of the country. And he's like, this rival that you have, when you're resting, they're up putting in the work. When you're tired and you're in the gym and you're starting to fatigue and you want to cut corners with your reps, they're doing it with perfect form day in and day out, right? When you don't feel like studying film, they're in the film room studying film, getting better, understanding the competition and doing all these different things. So it's like, you got to have this imaginary rival that is embodying the ideal of what you're pushing towards. Did you guys watch that Michael Jordan or the Chicago Bulls doco that came out recently on Netflix? I think it was about a year ago. So like in that one, I mean, like obviously Jordan, one of the most successful people in their career of all time, he had all those stories where he was making up things like figments of imagination. Exactly. (laughs) Like other players on other teams had like slighted him and they'd they'd talk shit about him. And he was like, he would stew on it for ages. And then eventually like years later, he admitted that it was all bullshit. He like created half those stories up just to really drive himself to succeed. Yeah, it's a real thing. And it really does work if you're able to tap into that. Now you have like this imaginary rival that you're trying to beat. And that gives you that extra motivation to push yourself more than you normally would just competing against yourself. But what that also allows you to do is focus on looking at how you can use the things around you to get better. The last thing you said that you need is you need somebody that you legitimately admire, somebody that's at the level that you want to be, that you can look at their example, you can study how they work, you can study how their workouts and things like that and emulate the positive traits that you see in them and take those positive traits and put it into your own life. My youngest brother, who's in the NFL now, one of his favorite athletes is Aaron Donald. Right. So he'd watch his workouts, he'd watch him his games and he'd watch his movements and find all the like the positive things that this guy was doing and look to emulate what he was doing. Right. And he'd have his imaginary rival somewhere in the other side of the country. And then he'd be looking at his own numbers to see how he can beat his PRs and things like that. Gee, I don't think I've ever asked you this question. Who have been your major inspirations in life? Like where do you get most of your positive mental energy from? I think a lot of it, you know, definitely my dad. That's a big part of it for me. Just being around him, seeing his work ethic and just constantly just feeling like he's successful. And I think the big thing for me is just seeing him provide for our family and knowing that you have every opportunity, knowing that that that's a result of him doing his work. I kind of feel that in my family, in the future, it's like I have to be able to do that for my family. And that's kind of drives me. And I suppose like as a kid, like... um, I don't know if you know who this is, Iggy, but Leighton Hewitt, tennis player. 
And just that, for those of you who don't necessarily know who he is, he's an Australian guy, tennis player. He's extremely bullish. He'd never give up. And he was known, particularly at the start of his career, for always making a comeback in tennis. He'd be down, look like he was dead. He once came back against Roger Federer when he was a couple of sets down and match point against him, like the worst possible situation you could be in. And then he came back to win the match. And I think that just seeing that situation and always fighting and always wanting to go ahead, that really motivates me. Yeah. What about yeah. you? For me, I had a few people who I really admired growing up. Obviously, one of them was really, this may sound like cliche, but one of them was really my mom. Seeing what she went through, and she went through a lot, right? She went through abuse and different things like that. I've seen the kind of work that she put in day after day. And despite like the the, the hardships showing up and being positive every single day and putting in the work. She's one of the person that I admire her work ethic the most. And then the other person that I really admire was actually the guy who wrote No Excuses, Brian Tracy. Just going through like reading books like No Excuses are the types of things that really helped me growing up understand that I can change my circumstance and understand that I can get out of the environment that I'm in if I'm willing to put in the work and make the sacrifice. I'd say like, I've got three that sort of stand out. Like my mom, definitely from an emotional standpoint, emotional intelligence, I think she's very, very strong on that part. You know, obviously runs a family that every single person in our family gets along so incredibly well. When you talk about like business and, and I guess life goals outside of the home, Definitely, as I've already mentioned, the first one would be Mr. G because he had a phenomenal impact, obviously. And the other person would be Charlie, Charlie V, Charlie Valor, because, you know, he was our first ever mentor, at least mine. And um, just seeing the way that his brain analyzes problems and how he kind of helps you say yes or no to things and really sift through that information has been phenomenal. And I feel like, you know, we've been working with him for a long time and it's still as an impact, you know, obviously these days I've got the fortune of being around yourself as well, another very positive influence. So, you know, it's, it's great to be around an ever growing crowd of colleagues and mentors and inspirations that like drive me forward. I definitely Absolutely. forgot uh, Mr. Iggy. I forgot you, Andrew. I forgot yep. Charlie V. Left them off, but 100%. Same. Yeah, if we're talking now, I'm definitely, now the environment that I'm in, I mean, it's completely different from where I was growing up. And I know some of you guys who are listening, you're probably around a lot of people who are negative, who don't really motivate you. And for me, one of the things I had to do was look at the lives of those who are around me and ask myself, do I want their life? And if the answer was no, (laughs) then that means I need to expand the examples that I was looking for. Right. And with the Internet, we were able to have people surround ourselves by people who are living the kind of life that we want, who have the kind of success that we want and start putting ourselves in a position to learn, learn from them. Growing up, I had to surround myself with those types of books. (laughs) Right. Like so reading different books and using that as my environment to motivate me and keep me focused. Now I get to have real life people. Right. I get guys like you, AP, AG. I also get to be, see guys that are doing really big things in our industry, but who did it the right way that I look at them and I'm like, man, I admire the work that this guy's put in and I'm, I want to be like that. Right. And then I still have like my imaginary rival, my imaginary business rival who is doing everything to serve their clients that we aren't doing that keeps me up at night. <laughs> you know, I think like one of the most important things that you have to do in this process is become aware. 
And like, you have to be aware of your ego, how that actually interacts. Because if you're too precious about your ego, then you're not open to learning and you're not open to being inspired because it means you have to admit that somebody's further along than you or that they have something to teach you. That's really important. The other thing is, as you've already kind of touched on it, it's being aware of what really motivates you. Like, you know, obviously there's the stuff that everybody says and, you know, you think that society wants you to say, but the truth is that we are all motivated on different levels by different things. I know that the three of us all have that real desire to be providers. That's like a big, deep sort of motivator for each of us, you know, but I mean, everybody has different levels. And so you have to become aware of what you actually really want, not what society says you should want, but what you genuinely care about. Once you figure that out, it's really, really powerful. It's one of those things that will serve as a as an endless fountain of motivation when you get down. It's like knowing what you value and knowing what you want to become. Ultimately, it's what's going to allow you to create that winning environment that's going to allow you to make the necessary sacrifices to get out of the situation that you're in. Right? For me, I went, this was kind of a little extreme, but I had the fortune of having some scholarships that allowed me to pack up and literally move. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to where I was able to get up and just leave the environment that I was in because I knew it was super toxic. And so when I was getting back, getting ready to start my business online and I needed to go back home, I made sure I moved to a separate city that was away from my normal circle of friends because I didn't want to get sucked back into that toxic environment. But for those of you guys who don't have that luxury, you have to create that environment mentally and virtually. For me, it's just like the people that I was hanging around, the conversation that we had never went anywhere. It's kind of like as time went by, you're talking about what happened in high school and then it would become still what happened in high school, this football game that we played. And the conversation that you're having kind of wasn't really talking about the future. It was talking about the past. And I think that one of the most incredible things that you can do for yourself to become a better version of yourself is talk about your goals, your dreams, what you're going to achieve, being able to follow through, talking about the present, what you're currently doing to achieve those goals. And for me, that's the highest and most stimulating level of conversation. Yeah, 100% agree. I think it's obvious everybody has the right to think and talk about what they want to talk about. And everyone's different. You know, some people just like really surface level conversations and some people like really deep stuff. And I know like if I'm talking to the wrong person, I think I can bore them, you know, or I just stay quiet. We're talking about things that don't really interest me. But, you know, I, I definitely find that especially with the two of you now, you know, we chat so much about business and it's not a chore. It's actually something I find highly rewarding. Setting and achieving business goals for me and understanding very clearly how they impact my life and perhaps our clients' lives. That's as fulfilling as it gets for me at the moment. I just love that. Yeah, same here. And it's like, I just prefer to have stimulating conversations. Like, I mean, last week we were talking about what do we need to do to essentially take what we're currently doing in our lives to the next level, right? And it's like mm -hmm. things like that that really excite me finding new ways to make what we do better and finding new ways to challenge ourselves. And it's like, it's just stuff like that. Like I would never would have imagined having those types of conversations growing up. How do we structure things so that we can do seven figures net after taxes and everything like that? Like those are the types of conversations that I'm like, man, like if you had told me like, Five years ago, we'd be talking about that strategically, how to actually make things like that happen. Like, you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels like, you know, growing up, you played American football. Me and G played tennis and soccer. But these days, we all play business. And I think, like, it's a really fun game to play. It's really like a big puzzle. You know, a lot of people, they like to do puzzles or play card games. For us, really, the game that we're playing at the moment is business. And in business, there's challenges. There's pieces that don't fit. And you have to try and find the right one. And But eventually, like, the reward 
reward that you get if you're interested in this, if you're interested in being a business owner, an entrepreneur and all that kind of stuff, it's amazing. Well, it encompasses so many aspects of life. There's so many skills. Like you need to be good at mathematics so you understand your numbers. You've got to have a high level of social intelligence so that you can actually sell people over the phone. When it comes to Facebook, being able to learn new tech and apply it and Again, you know, that comes down to also, you know, for Facebook ads, for example, that comes down to knowing your numbers in detail. I think that one of the things that set me up really well for business was playing professional poker. That became my sole source of income. And it's interesting because in poker, you're effectively running your own business. You're making financial decisions all the time about all the same stuff. It's like you're making decisions about numbers, looking at your cards and deciding the outcome and figuring out what the percentages are for you to win. You're talking and communicating with people and understanding what their hands are, being able to see the patterns that happen in the game and be able to make decisions. Then you're talking about bankroll management, the same in business that you've got to look after all your numbers and make sure that you don't go bust. For me, I learned so many lessons about running a business and being able to apply all those things back to what you're doing and that's what makes it a game. It's great because how many people turn up to the poker table and just literally play just for the heck of it. And they just like, they don't really care about the stats. They just sort of blunder their way through it. And of course, most of the time they walk away having lost. The game's set up for most people to fail. You have to know how to play the game if you want to win consistently. You know, some people get lucky. If you want to get lucky, if you want to get consistent wins over the long term, you have to know how to play the game better than everyone else. 90% of people lose. And that's the same in real life. It's like, if you think about it, the most wealthy are at the very, very top. So you have the bottom who are paying people above them and they're living paycheck to paycheck because they don't have as much money or even lower than that, they don't have any money at all and their money cycles up. And then from there, people are always paying for them. You've got people paying for luxury items, they have no money. And then you're moving up a scale and you just keep on going up levels and levels ahead until the people at the top are just collecting all the money. And for those of you guys who are like starting out, one of the most important things that you can do to really start to level yourself up is start to develop skill, create an environment where you're winning and you're looking at ways to improve yourself, but like you're actually investing in developing skills that you can use to grow and build your business. That for me, one of the most revolutionary things that changed the game for me personally was understanding that the more skills that I acquired, right? the more I dramatically increased my earning potential. And it was just like mind blowing when I realized that the correlation between my skill level and how much I made was within my control. I was like, okay, so how do I learn the skills that are going to make me money? First skill was like marketing. How do I really learn that? Next skill was like, okay, how do I improve our operations? So that was like technology and diving into it. But it's like, you got to surround yourself, create that winning mentality, but then start working on aggressively developing skills that you can use in your business. And knowing that those skills just don't come overnight. Like sometimes it takes years to hone a skill, right? So you may be going through a situation where it's like you invested in something and you haven't seen the results right away, but you got to stick to it and develop the skill because once you have the skill, your income is going to grow proportionally to that tier level of mastery in that skill. So like in, in business, the biggest thing that people struggle with is being able to generate leads and understanding, you know, the reality is, is that once you, the biggest problem that all business owners face, but once you understand the system for generating leads, you're kind of made for any business because you're able to bring in income and then it just comes back and like, for me, that's the most important skill. And then from there, you know, you can learn everything else because now you don't have that big, big problem and it's like, 
the systems, the automations, you know, your client fulfillment, every single aspect of that. But like another aspect of this is you can't run a business unless you have something to sell people and something quality, something that you can actually give people and be proud of because you're never going to be able to succeed. So, you know, I think the thing that stopped me from going into business earlier than I did was actually not having that skill and not knowing what to do. I think like it would be fair to say that for a lot of personal trainers or fitness professionals, let's not call them business owners yet necessarily, but their biggest skill is being a good coach. They know how to help people mm. do the weights properly and how to lose weight or improve their performance through nutrition. And they might know stretching and some, some mindset. But really, once you become an entrepreneur in the fitness space, if you're going to do it successfully, immediately your most valuable skills will fall into one of three areas. And it's going to be marketing and lead gen. It's going to be sales and it's going to be in delivery. And I mean, if you're going to have a team of course, you need to throw in leadership as well. But that's the thing that I guess a lot of people don't realize is that when you're an excellent personal trainer, we're investing so much in training and education, and it's just how to help people get better results. Unfortunately, as a business owner, that's not going to cut it though. You're going to have to learn those essential skills before you're going to have a very successful business on a, on a large scale. Do you guys have anything else you'd add to the conversation today? I mean, anything else that we would throw in there? No, for me, I'll just say this would be one of those things where you want to kind of listen to go through the podcast a couple of times and just really take time to create some of those frameworks that are going to help develop your winning environment and create a mindset that's going to allow you to start going out of your comfort zone to develop those skills. Right. The best personal trainer in the world doesn't make the most money. Right. It's the one with the most skill when it comes to building a business that makes the most money. Right. And in order to really tackle those things, you've got to have the right mindset and you've got to be able to create an environment that nurtures the development of those skills. And oftentimes it's it's up to you to create that environment. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening today. Remember, please subscribe to the channel on YouTube. If you're watching there, give us a thumbs up on our Spotify or Apple podcast app. Please give us a review there and we'll look forward to speaking to you or seeing you on the next episode. <laughs>